Good Up is our space to talk about those experiences in life we didn't know we all had in common. We're the after work happy hour conversation with your best friend. The place where you bring up the hard parts of life, the ones that made you laugh, and the things that made you who you are. Because who said becoming good up wasn't a little bit uncomfortable? Stay tuned for more information about this week's episode. The following is a paid advertisement by Empath Psychological Services. This episode of The Good Up Pod is sponsored by Empath Psychological Services, locally owned, millennial-operated therapy for Virgin Islanders by Virgin Islanders. Here at The Good Up Pod, we're all about shedding light on life experiences that have contributed to who we are and learning to navigate them to find a feeling that's, well, you know, good up. For some of us, that journey includes therapy. Empath Psychological Services operates with the belief that life's challenges are not all of who we are. They aim to create a non-judgmental environment to help their clients harness their own power and to find their path to mental well-being. Good Up and Empath Psychological Services share a passion for helping others navigate their own healing their way. If you're interested in teletherapy services in the U.S. Virgin Islands or the state of Texas, check out the link in the description box for more information on how you can book a session with Empath Psychological Services. Hey, beautiful people, and welcome back to another episode of the Good Up Motherfucking Podcast. You know I had to add that in there. Yeah, had to. We are back again. Season 8 has been going so well so far, and thank you guys so much for supporting it. I really appreciate it, Like, you don't have to listen to our podcast. You really don't. You don't. But you do. Yeah, and that's a that's a big deal to us. We really yeah, fuss with it. Some of you take it even further and you tweet about the podcast. Like there is a right. girl who every week, I think her name is Shante. Shout out to you. She's also one of our patrons. Shante hey. on like a thread on her own page for every episode just to tweet her reactions. Oh every wow! Week. Well, Thank okay. you, Shante. I need to be better Shout on on her. Twitter. I think I need to create a Finding Deja Twitter account. You, I think you do because your your little um. My house, yo! My housewives are coming back. <laughs> my Twitter account has become a RHOP stan account. Like, yeah. Deidre, so. is on Twitter, but you would never figure out who Deidre is. I'd be like, who the fuck is this woman? I'd be like, oh, that's Deidre. <laughs> Deidre, so needs to work on her Twitter presence so that she could tweet okay. us about the podcast episode. That's my that's my homework. I'll create a that's Finding Deidre Twitter account so I could talk about the podcast so mm-hmm. that I can also talk about what I do outside of the podcast yes. and just for my shit talking, you know, on a personal level as opposed to mm-hmm. as an RHOP stand because my RHOP exactly. account be so lit. I can't wait to dust off my Did Twitter account. I'd be like, who is this person I following? Like, I, <laughs> every time I see a tweet from that account, I don't have to remember that it's you but <laughs> you don't know, worry um by the end of today you'll get a follow and make sure y'all follow me too by the time this episode exactly. comes out follow me i mean you guys know i'm finding Deidre on everything but now follow finding Deidre on twitter and stop playing with me so yeah either way thank you and shout out to the people them for all of the social media engagement that you don't give us for talking about the podcast online we really appreciate you um this week's episode i do want to make sure i point out there before i forget um this is a trigger warning that today we are going to be talking about abuse in all forms um so if this is a podcast episode that might be heavy for you you may want to think about where and when you listen to it or you may want to choose to rejoin us next week for another episode um because as you know, with all episodes, we tend not to hold back. We are going to be very transparent. Yeah. Um, and same thing for us. We're going to take this slowly. We're going to say what we can and what we feel like saying and what we feel comfortable saying. And we're going to just have a real conversation. But either way, just making sure that the audience is taking care of themselves and that you are aware of what this topic is going to be about. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, I think that um, it was important to come back to this episode because we recently spoke about grooming and in our grooming episode, um, abuse kept coming up because what we realized is that in a lot of relationships um, where grooming was involved, grooming was involved and also tied to some form of abuse. Um, but So I want to ask you something because it's something that I found myself thinking about thinking about wouldn't grooming be considered abuse because it is an abuse of power isn't it like grooming involves abusing your power 
right? And mm-hmm. manipulating someone to be what you want them to be based on your needs. So grooming is essentially abuse when yeah. you think about it. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. And I think that that's the reason that it kept coming up in conversation because we realized that that abuse of power, again, was abuse like that taking advantage of a situation where someone was young or someone was impressionable or someone just Mm -hmm. didn't have or malleable or as that guy said yeah um you know realizing that that was connected to abuse and i think you touched a lot on your own abuse story um which is why we wanted to make sure that we came back and revisited the topic and kind of fleshed it out and navigated it you know the way the way we would in therapy when therapy to be like um when your therapist would be like let's 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 that, let's revisit this. Let's put a pin in that. that. Yeah. <laughs> so that's essentially what we wanted to come back and do. And I wanted to highlight a re- a book that I've recently read um called I'm Glad My Mom Died. It's by <gasps> Jeanette McCurdy. Is it good? It's I plan to read so it. It's good. good. I can't wait to right? read it. I cannot it's, wait to read it. It's good as in she did a really good job writing it, but let me just say I cried multiple times while reading this book. I was pissed off while reading this book. The yeah. book is very raw. It's very she does not hold back. It's it's her mm. autobiography. So mm. just kind of be mentally prepared going into that that like there yeah. are some things that are going to trigger you. Yeah, um, I've been watching her interviews, so I'm definitely mentally prepared for how much I'm going to be triggered cuz even yeah. in her interviews about the book, she's very transparent. She's mm-hmm. very um clear and I'm like, "Okay, I fucks with it." So I yeah. know I'm going to see I'm going to read some some heinous things in there yeah. because she touched on it in in her interviews. Exactly. So I definitely want to touch on that book um because that book has brought up a lot of conversations about abuse and how we Mm -hmm. talk about abusers and how we revisit our own um experiences with abuse so if you're looking for a book to read especially connected to this episode i would encourage you not just to support jeanette mccurdy because she deserves all your money um but to read that book because it's important especially if you're listening to this episode sort of from an outside perspective i think Mm -hmm. that book will help you to understand the mindset of a victim of abuse right so yeah. we're gonna revisit that um we're gonna come back to that but i want to make sure that i go into some definitions um because i you know how to do my more fucking research yes <laughs> she she absolutely does we're not gonna play my mm-hmm. sister's so um i i want to put it out there abuse is defined as a as treating a person with cruelty or violence especially regularly or repeatedly um Mm -hmm. and i would say a person or animal because there is animal abuse as well absolutely um so abuse i think a lot of people associate it with just the physical um i've had friends who have been abused in different ways but didn't coin it as abuse because the person never put their hands on them right um or the person never like was very obviously violent um Mm. so i want to put emphasis on the fact that cruelty was mentioned because it doesn't have to be violence sometimes it can just be somebody being mean to you that can be considered abuse yeah um so there are six different types of abuse um, and a lot of different things fall into those six categories. Okay. So physical. There is sexual abuse. There is verbal slash emotional abuse. There is mental slash psychological abuse, which sometimes people put the psychological and the emotional together. Yeah. Um, and then there is financial slash economic abuse. And then last Ooh. but not least, this is a new one that I actually first read about while i was doing my research there is cultural slash identity abuse so wow this one happens when abusers use aspects of a victim's particular identity to inflict suffering as a means of control so people who often go through this type of abuse are for example members of the lgbtq plus community okay um people of a like marginalized religion, people marginalized people people who are involved in sort of cultural societies that inflict um abuse through like power um mm. so so can know, i ask you your church what, can abuse you <laughs> oh i know that would an example of that kind of be somebody who's got like a partner who's like an immigrant and they're like threatening to have them deported would that count i think that would count um okay and it would also count like if you are being abused solely because of your identity and mm. a person is holding that power over you. So let's say you're not out. 
Mm. Um, and a person is aware of your sexuality and it could cause you danger for people to find out if that person threatens mm-hmm. to expose it and that's their form Ooh, of abuse that's so cruel oh my um, god and some of these abuses tie in with each other so like somebody threatening to do something to you because you're gay or like to out you is mm-hmm. cultural slash identity abuse but it's okay. also emotional but it's also psychological psychological like, yeah got it there's a lot of ways that these things um intertwine so just okay. just just to put that out there because i think again we see abuse portrayed in a specific way mm-hmm. a lot of times it happens um like if you see abuse in a movie it's usually always intimate partner violence it's al- almost always two people that are in a relationship right um, but your friends can be the source of your abuse your absolutely members can be the source of your abuse your teachers like anybody can abuse you <laughs> anybody who you have any type of relationship and even sometimes people who you don't have a relationship with can abuse you so yeah just making sure we put that out there so let's let's get into these questions you know it's funny you said that anybody can abuse you because I remember using that word at my old corporate job and my leaders made it seem like I was being dramatic when I said like our team shouldn't have to put up with the way the travel agents abuse us. And they legit felt like I was being like over the top. And I'm like, the way they talk to us when they don't get their way is a form of abuse. Like the way they treat us when we can't make something happen for them yeah. is a form of abuse. And it's funny that you said like anybody could, cause even like strangers, like I tell, you know, my, my team all the time, like, listen, you don't have to deal with an abusive customer. Send them straight to me. I'll take care of it. Like, I'll take care of that shit. So why do you think that is? Why do you think that when people hear the Tom abuse, they'll be like, no, like, I know what be- you're talking about, but it's not that. It's not. It's well, not because that. it's exactly what you said. Abuse has always been portrayed as this very physically violent thing. When, first of all, the, the word violent in of itself, a lot of people only associate violence with physical violence. If you don't associate, like, verbal attacks as violence and things like that, you're not going to see somebody being abused in that space. Um, I think it's also just a form of disassociation, like, and just being in denial, you know? Um, And I think the real tea is I feel like cruelty and unkindness has been normalized. And people are shamed for not having a, quote, thick skin. Um, If you can't, what's the sticks and stones may break my bones, but words never hurt. That's the most gaslighty shit on the motherfucking planet. And that concept is a big part of why people get so um, disturbed when you say like, yo, that's a form of abuse. (laughs) They think Mm -hmm. you're being dramatic. That's just, you know, a a part of it. Emotional and psychological abuse still has the most stigma attached to it. Because again, when you don't, a lot of people base their empathy on proof. Um, oh baby and a lot of people base whether they believe something happened on whether it's tangible whether they can actually yeah. see that it happened it's true um so when someone says you know i was emotionally abused it's, it's hard for sometimes even them to acknowledge it because it's like well i i don't have bruises i yeah. i don't have physical bruises i don't have mm-hmm. proof that this yeah. person did something to me but like and the thing is is, i know that this thing happened yeah and you know the irony is the realty is if you're an observant enough person if you're an empathetic enough person there is proof in the way that person engages with you in the way that person overcompensates in the way that person is a little bit self-sacrificing um there's all there's proof of emotional abuse but we're just desensitized to it Mm -hmm. when you really really think about it because you could have stood up for yourself <laughs> that's, that's what the girlies go always end up saying but you stay why did you stay mm-hmm. like, <laughs> yeah absolutely and people need to stop doing that that whole oh i need to see it to believe it type mm. shit because like y'all there is so much in this world that we can't see that you would mm. think ain't happening because you can't see it and there's no proof of it and it's occurring and it's happening to people who don't dissolve it and you out there sitting thinking like oh well if i can't see it i don't believe it you know how much shit you can't see you breathe air every day and you know it exists because your lungs have your lungs are are opening because you're literally (laughs) alive alive. (laughs) i need to see it to believe it anyway so of the six forms of abuse that i just mentioned which do you think you can relate to or identify with the most in terms of your life experiences so for sure, um, emotional and psychological, um, also sexual abuse, 
Um, I, I don't really want to say physical abuse because my mom didn't hit us a lot. Um, she like, I know it's customary and common for people to be beating their children. My mother didn't really hit us often. We got beat, but not the way, like it wasn't her first, it wasn't her go-to when we were growing up, um, belittling us and screaming at us and telling us who wasn't shit was. So, um, so for me, it was definitely emotional and psychological, um, abuse and, and sexual abuse and, um, you know, and minor physical abuse. So, but the, the, you know, I know that I need to get comfortable saying, yeah, physical abuse was involved too. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but she wasn't excessive. She didn't hit us often. She yelled at us and belittled us way more than anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, uh, yeah, so those things. Yeah. Yeah. I could definitely relate to, I think pretty much the same thing, the emotional and psychological abuse the most, um, sexual mm-hmm. abuse, definitely. Um, yeah. And unfortunately, I know way too many people who could also relate to that as well. Yeah. Um, and then I would say physical abuse because it, it goes back to that. Like, I tread carefully when I talk about how parents and relatives utilized physical abuse to discipline mm-hmm. me as a child because I think the intent was not to abuse me. Right. But intent does not negate impact. How impact. Yeah. Yeah. So at the end of the day, like the fact that I was fearful of the adults in my life mm-hmm. in not a respect type of way, but a fear mm-hmm. type of way because yes. I knew they would physically put their hands on me if I did something wrong. That's abuse. Yeah. It was abuse. And I honestly want to spend some time talking about that because I think that's a big source of debate on social media. Um, yeah, it's huge. So yeah, people debate whether or not disciplining a child or putting your hands on a child is abuse because again the intent to abuse the child isn't there but in my opinion if a child who does not have a full understanding of what's going on or how Mm -hmm. the world works does something wrong or even when they know it's wrong and they make a mistake and your response instead of trying to correct them in a different less violent way is to hit them when Mm. you would not do that to an adult then that means to me that you are doing this to that child because you are in a position of power over yes. that child and because yes. you can. Exactly. Because and I'm somebody, glad you said that. Yeah, when an adult in your life makes a mistake or when someone does something wrong or someone violates you, your immediate reaction as an adult is not to hit that other adult mm-hmm. and correct them. Your reaction is to tell them verbally, hey, this don't is what's do that wrong. thing. This is what's exactly. wrong. Even if they've done it repeatedly, but with a child, a lot of y'all's inclination and the inclination of the adults in my life was to hit me. Mm-hmm. Sometimes using a belt, sometimes using physical items to hit me and punish me for doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. And then not explaining afterwards why, why? you hit me. Yeah. So how am I supposed to differentiate that from abuse? Right. You know, it's funny because I remember when I was like pregnant with Dylan and everything, um, that's when I would be a part of conversations regarding like hitting kids, right? Because I'm about to have a child of my own. It's relevant now. And my response has always been, and will always be, if my manager can't haul off and bust me a slap for coming to work late, I shouldn't be able to beat up my child for making a mistake, especially when children are not born knowing how to navigate life. It's our job to teach them the rights and wrongs of like the world of existing. Mm-hmm. So how do I expect him to just know these things? And when he does something without knowing, like I'm a hit him, that's weird. It's cr- yeah. like you said, it's literally using your power to assert dominance. Um, and, and people always say like, oh, I'm not punching my child. I'm not like overdoing it. I'm just like spanking my child or like smacking them a little bit. Like, OK, fine. Whatever. If that's your logic. But at the same time, going back to the argument, if an adult in your life is doing something similar, is doing something wrong, is making a mistake. And often the adults in our lives make mistakes that are far more damaging to us as people mm-hmm. than children. Like children you, ever will. You're yeah. not smacking them. You ain't spanking them. Like you're not putting your hands on any other adult, but you're choosing to do that to a child. You you know, something just crossed my mind in this very moment that's fucking me up, right? I noticed that when we do think about those parameters where hitting is 
inappropriate. It's usually with somebody outside of our nucleus, right? It's usually a coworker, a stranger on the street, but low key people in romantic relationships be putting hands on each other. Yeah. Women find out their man is cheating and they busting these yeah. men hard slap. They flinging things across. So why is it acceptable for family to assault each other? Possession. But stranger. It's so weird to me. That shit just it's, fucked me up. That shit just crossed my mind. Cause I'm like, I remember the idea of possessing someone. Mm. It's the idea of owning someone. A lot of Oof. people, those mm. same people who put their hands on their partners, because listen, let me tell you something. I've been, in in the relationship that I'm in now, going on eight years. And it's never occurred to me outside of being playful. Cause we don't we don't physically like fight each other because like we like to throw wrong, but like playing. Yeah, it's always You're an Aries. It makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> like I like to make fuck. So sometimes I'll come smack the man and he asks and he don't beat me up. But that's like That's so cute. That's fun know? though. That's that's cute. Ooh, I like yeah, it's, up my it's man. playful. <laughs> but outside of that playfulness, I have never imagined myself putting my hands on Steven because I vexed with he. I could right. never it never even crossed my no, let me let me not lie. Sometimes it'll piss me off. I don't want sloppy. Yeah. And he just said the same thing to me. Sometimes you'll get me so mad that I just want to rag you up. <laughs> but it never happens. We yes. never, even in the most heated of arguments, the first thing we do is go opposite ways. I love that self control. That self control is unmatched. Oh it my would God. Never that's even so cross beautiful. my mind to gain his face, to hit heat. To... Yeah, that's crazy. I would to never me. do that. You know, I would, I would never do that. I was recently, I don't remember who I was talking to. Oh, it might have been my friend Chantel. Hey, Chantel. I remember I would, this was when I was like 19 and I was with somebody way too old for me. But in any case, I remember we were in an argument and I'm not a violent person. I don't identify with it. I cannot relate to violence. Like I just, it's just not for me. When I resort to, uh, if I have to resort to violence, I feel physically sick afterwards. Like I just don't like, you know, so I just don't do it. In any case, we're, 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 we're outside. I'm sitting on the hood of his car. We're having this argument and he's getting on my motherfucking nerves. And I can feel inside my body that I, all I want to do is punch this man in the face. Like, I know that, like, if I, like, the thing that would make me feel good right now is punching this man in the face. And that's mm -hmm. out of character for me. Mind you, I was only, like, 19 at the time. And I literally, I'm sitting there breathing. He's talking and doing his thing. And it's getting on my motherfucking nerves. And when he paused, I said, stop for one second, please. I said, I think it's time for you to go. And I think we need to revisit this conversation tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Because in this moment, I want to punch you in the face. And that's not me. And I don't think you deserve that. So I think you need to go. I literally said it to him exactly like that. First of all, he burst into tears, which annoyed the fuck out of me. <laughs> he burst into tears when I said that. I, I can't believe you would say that to me. I said, would you rather me have said that or punched you in the face? <laughs> like, which one would you rather? Because right now you're making me the bad guy for showing restraint. You're mad at me for telling you that. Would you have been, be would you have been happier if I just punched you? Would that have... It, it was just weird to me. Like, and granted, he did leave. And, and I wasn't even so much upset that he cried. I was upset that he felt like I was wrong for 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 creating that for space. For trying to, yeah. For trying to, because for me, I'm, I'm, a, I'm always going to be, um, conflict resolution is always going to be my top priority. Mm -hmm. So even in an argument, even if we vent in and we have in a moment where we're going back and forth, conflict resolution is always my top priority. So for me, I'm like, dude, I could punch you right now or I could just say we need to take a break yeah it's, i mean there's some people who when you try to take like those conflict resolution steps who view you wanting to step away as you caring less about the situation mm -hmm. that you're trying to resolve yeah but i mean and then like there's people who see abuse as love like that's right true. now i don't even know how to pronounce that little girl name but there's this girl who keeps going viral and she's with this rapper who also i don't know his name and they wow, we're definitely viral. <laughs> we're so, we're such aunties. They keep going viral for being abusive to each other. Like, oh my god! They keep videos of them physically fighting keep appearing online, and there's people who conflate that to like, wow, these people really go hard for each other because they don't fight and come back together and fight and come back together. And it's That's, like, no. um, no, they are involved in a abusive relationship. Absolutely. And it's incredibly fucked up and we should stop entertaining this type of bullshit. Like yeah. that, that girl is in danger. <laughs> like yeah, they're, 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 and the thing is, is she's definitely in danger. They're both in danger. Yeah. They're both like, it's crazy. You remember when Megan got shot, Andrea said like, if her man don't shoot she, then he clearly don't love her. Mm -hmm. 
like people really i'm glad you said that because that's how um normalized like cruelty has become where people associate that kind of treatment to dedication and you being yeah. so in love and so wrapped up in somebody that you are willing to cause them harm i'm sorry if you love me so much that you want to harm me bitch i'm gonna do some voodoo or something but you're not gonna be in my life for much longer <laughs> i'm gonna just be frank because i'm calling on my ancestors to get you out of here <laughs> like get the fuck up out of here <laughs> I came from a household where I had a father who in my childhood dealt with substance abuse at a very mm-hmm. significant level. And I never witnessed he, I never witnessed the physical abuse, right? Mm-hmm. But I witnessed the threat of physical abuse often. Yeah. Um, This was a father who also, like a typical Caribbean or Hispanic father, would also beat his children if we did something he didn't want us to do right Mm -hmm. and it was excessive right like my my father used to lose his fucking temper right and thank god my father is in a much better place my father is not dealing with those problems anymore and you know we've had time to heal those wounds but in my childhood i witnessed my mother experience a lot of emotional and psychological abuse yeah so when i got older and had my own experiences with it I got to the point now where if my friends are involved in relationships like that, my tolerance for it is so fucking low that people will get vexed with me at how, I'm not going to say dramatic, but how far I will take it if I find out that my friend is in an abusive relationship. Like, I am not, we're not even talking about it. Like, what are the steps we need to take to end this fuck? Because... yeah. Like I, my tolerance for that shit so fucking low that mm-hmm. I remember one time I fell out with a friend because she hit her girlfriend. She, yeah. they, they got into an argument and she claimed that because they got into an argument, she blacked out and she hit her girlfriend. Right. And whatever it is happened, happened. If you black out, you black out, whatever. But when she was trying to explain it to me, I was so apathetic and she was crying like, she was like visibly upset at the fact that you know this thing had happened but i remember her just saying like i just i blacked out and da 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 and i kept going back to like but you hit her yeah you put your hands on her like you hear yourself right now and i yeah. remember her feeling like i wasn't being empathetic to the fact that obviously she was struggling with something like they were going through a lot but I kept focusing on like, but you hit her. You hit her. It's, you know, and the thing is, is I think when you've experienced a certain level of abuse, it's mm-hmm. almost impossible to empathize with somebody that mm-hmm. you see as an abuser, right? And yeah. that's not saying your friend is an abuser, but once you know that somebody has crossed that line, it's hard to empathize with them because yeah. if yeah. like, I'm, I, same, I remember I had a friend who, um he came to me and he felt he claimed he felt bad. I don't believe him. We're not even friends anymore, right? Because it was something similar where he said him and his girlfriend, who they had no business being together in the first place, but he claims that they was in a bad argument and he like I think he said he like grabbed her or he like put his hands around her throat or some wild fuck and I lost it. I fucking lost it. I was like, first of all, the fact that you thought that I was the friend to call with this shit. First of all, she needs to leave you. Is she okay? Like I was fucking livid. It was mm-hmm. the same thing. And he kept being like, oh, but she was disrespecting me. And did I, and, and that's the response. That's the fucking solution. You dumb. Bitch. She, I was, she was disrespecting me for side choker. Yeah. She was hurting my feelings. So and I, I said, her. how about you have some fucking respect for yourself and not be with somebody that you feel is going to disrespect you instead of trying to bring her down? Like, are you dumb? Like, I remember being so angry. Yeah. yeah. I, don't, I don't think at the time she understood why I was as upset as I was. Yeah. And I think she expected me to empathize with her because she was my friend and her girl, mm-hmm. girlfriend at the time was, I don't want to say the girlfriend wasn't my friend, but she was my friend first. She was your friend. Yeah. And I think she expected me to kind of bypass the abuse and empathize with her. And I couldn't, I couldn't. And I remember being so fucking angry that when like I left that conversation with her and I was talking to my other friend, I was like, dude, right now I'm like triggered. Like yeah. I'm thinking about everything I've experienced in my life. And I'm mm-hmm. thinking about the fact that, her excuse for hitting this person was I blacked out and I had no self-control and like that's bullshit and if that's the case and let me tell you something and I'm gonna just say it and I don't care if this is extreme or I know that I have a tendency to be a little black and white 
But if you don't have that, if you have, if you're able to lose control so easily, you don't have no business being involved with other people. That's just the way I see it. If you can't control your responses, if you can't control your impulses, you don't deserve to share space with people because why should people be subjected to that? Why should anybody be subject? Why should anybody live with the fear of potentially being um, on the other end of your blackouts? You don't deserve to have people in your life. Be alone, be alone and learn to control yourself. It's honestly, it ties back to society being so okay with abuse in so many Mm -hmm. different forms that sometimes people like to blur the lines of what abuse Mm. is. It's like, oh, this thing happened one time. So obviously I lost my sense of self-control and it's never going to happen again. Mm -hmm. But what people don't realize is like abuse builds up in different ways. Absolutely. (gasps) Yes, it does. It builds up. There are stages of abuse that people can go to. Somebody who is okay verbally abusing somebody is somebody who might likely one day be okay physically abusing somebody because what's the difference you're still Mm -hmm. harming somebody you're still harming somebody so i came across something on tiktok recently yo tiktok let me find out tiktok is like an ivy league um institution because i don't be learning so much on the fucking app right this uh, one of my mutuals actually had shared the typical steps of abuse right something that a lot of abuse victims have in common especially those that are surviving like physical abuse Mm -hmm. and it always starts with a partner who who starts with like it's little things like pinches they're they're checking your your tolerance like how much you can tolerate and it eventually works up and then it's the argument is the belittling and then it's them blacking out and either slapping you or punching you and it gets worse and worse over time because they're pretty much pushing the boundary to see how much they can get away with before you leave right first of all watching that shit it fucked me up because my son's dad used to pinch me when we first got together a lot he used to pinch me hard they like to do it when you're around other people as well to see how you're going to respond in front of those people and at the moment when it was happening i didn't know that that's what was going on i just know he had this random times he would just fucking pinch me i had a perpetual black and blue on this arm right here because Anytime we were in the car driving, he would pinch me really hard and make it like this joke. The first time he did it, I was like, what the fuck? And I like, I laughed along, but it hurt so bad. I did not like it within that. I want to say in our first two months of the relationship, he would randomly pinch me and do little things, but I would always do it back. And eventually it stopped. Right. Mm -hmm. And then of course, in arguments, he would be, he would be so fucking mean in arguments. Right. Mm Um, and I, I had to teach myself to to give it back, to be really mean, just the same. Um, and just watching that video where she said it graduates from the pinching and they, they, they do little things under the table when you're around company to see how you would respond. Because if you give a big dramatic response, they know they're not going to get away with abusing you. But if you kind of push it away or table it a little bit, then they know that that's they can go even further with it. I want to talk about this too because I think sometimes Mm -hmm. abuse can also start with love bombing. Love bombing is essentially like excessive displays of affection and Mm -hmm. attention. Basically that person trying to buy you in Mm -hmm. and show you that they're this amazing person and you dissolve the wall and just like it's used to manipulate you into seeing that this person is this nice wholesome person Mm -hmm. who would never harm you, who loves you more than anything in the world. You are the center of their universe and they use that as a way of making you codependent on Mm -hmm. them of making you trust them in a way to where when they start enacting the physical or emotional harm it's hard to kind of differentiate the abuser from the person who was yes yes um a lot of times when this does happen your this this abuser they also start to isolate you from your friends and family because mm-hmm. in their love bombing they'll convince you like oh we only need each other mm-hmm. like you don't need these other people they don't treat you as well as i oh do. yeah absolutely yeah shouldn't hang with these people like they definitely start to like pull you away from your support system so that when the abuse starts you don't have anybody who is in your circle telling you like hey this mm-hmm. person abusing you like you should you know leave. you need to yeah um and it's important to highlight that because a lot of times people always ask why is it so hard for victims to just leave situations of abuse and sometimes that's the reason because that person has made the victim so dependent on them yeah at 
financially leaving sometimes is impossible it's because not we, possible we talked about yeah. financial and economic abuse sometimes there's children involved sometimes psychologically that person has kind of fucked with your self-esteem so much to the point where you do not see yourself outside of that relationship even and also and another factor is sometimes you think that you're the cause of it. You think that mm -hmm. if you, a lot of the times victims of abuse feel like, oh, if I would listen more or if I would, um, if you know, I hadn't do, upset them, if I hadn't upset them. Mm -hmm. And, um, in addition to that, like you said, it did that love bombing phase. It kind of blurs your perception of what this person is really like. So there's a part of you that always thinks that you're going to, and this is something that your inner child is doing. Actually. It's like a, it's like a, a part of complex PTSD where you, you, not so much trick yourself, but you hold out hope for one day being back to that stage where they love bombed you basically. Mm -hmm. And they do this. I think it's called hoovering after the abuse has started and you're kind of in that weird, like discarding limbo -y phase. What happens is when the person who's abusing you feels like they're possibly going to lose you, they love bomb you all over again. They start treating you just as well as they did. Mm -hmm. And then you end up getting confused and falling right back into the trap. And it's a never ending cycle. Mm -hmm. And it's, 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 it's troubling to say yeah. the least. Cause even years after the abuse, you find people who are healing or who have, you know, who find themselves still missing the person who abused them. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you have people who even question, sometimes people who are like victims of abuse or survivors rather, they find themselves kind of wondering, like, maybe I was the problem, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. like maybe they've changed. Maybe it's it's a lot. It's unfortunate. It's, it's yeah. really unfortunate. I remember. So there are situations now where me going through therapy and me doing like all my mental health work and learning terms for things. Mm -hmm. There's so much in my life that I'm starting to be able to like identify as like, oh, that was sexual assault that was abuse mm -hmm. that was this that was that like starting to kind of like oh that shit happened to me wow i did not see it as that at the time yes. um i remember being in high school and i've talked about this person on the podcast in a very like whatever type of way um i remember being in a relationship in high school where i really really liked this person and the person was aware of how much i liked them and behind closed doors they would like shower me with attention and basically tell me how pretty i was and da -da 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 -da. but then like in front of our friends they would like insult me and they would like just and it would be like i all use the butt of the joke for today like everybody roasting each other but like it would happen with me more often and everybody like they he would like insult me <laughs> for the oh, other people yeah. but behind closed doors on my phone he would be like gassing me up, telling me how much he liked me, just all of this shit, right? And people would see that, I think, in, in high school, I was like, oh, that's just like, that's just how, how teenage how, boys how act. How teenage boys are, that kids will be kids, boys will be boys, very, yeah. But in his, I don't want, I don't know if I could call it love bombing, but basically whenever he would be being very sweet to me and complimenting me and like gassing me up, he would also be commenting on my body a lot. Mm -hmm. And he would always tell me things in like a complimentary way, but then would add like, man, if you did this, oh, no. you would be so like, you would be so fine hair. So, like everybody would want you. Like he would say shit like that to me so casually and it would bother oh, me. No. But because I liked him so much and because again, he was showering me with compliments at the same time. I would take it as, oh, well, I need to prove myself to this person. So yeah. he basically would tell me, like, you so pretty and you have such a nice body. Like, if you was to lose weight, Deja, looking back at my high school self, I now understand why I have the issues that I have that I'm trying to work through as it relates to, like, food and my size yeah. and all of that stuff. Because Deja, probably 160 pounds in high school. Yeah. But at the time, being anything other than skinny was considered negative, was considered yeah. ugly and not attractive. I thought that I was like much more unattractive than I actually was because of how people would speak to me, especially him. Because yeah. he would compliment me and then add the butt as like a you you there for me, like you're attractive to me, but it's not enough, right? It's not enough. Yeah. Oh my god. And this is the same person who finally um asked me to be in a relationship with him and then two weeks later decided that he changed his mind come to find out he broke up with me because he actually liked my best friend and they oh, wow. had also been talking and they started dating and i did not fucking react well okay yeah 
I talked shit on High Five on social media. This this is how long High motherfucking five. five. There was a conversation on High Five between me and some other girls who knew about the situation. It was a funny inside joke. We cracking up. I, you know, I laugh with my friends doing what I need to do to get over this situation because I'm hurt about it, right? He, his response to that is basically to pull me up, right? With his, his group of friends and embarrass me. What? In front of all our other friends and basically said, how long were we dating for you to be acting like this? Literally berated me to the point where like I was in tears in school, oh right? Oh my God. And I remember in my head, I couldn't pinpoint if I was wrong or if he was wrong or if I was overreacting oh or like I was so fucked up in my head about it. Oh and I was God. so embarrassed. And then like him and my best friend were dating and everybody just kind of move on so mind you this was not the last of it between me and this person when him and her eventually broke up she ended up moving away he came back to me to start doing the same thing over and over again the oh you so attractive oh this oh that but you would be so much more attractive if they, like the same cycle right yeah so we went through it basically for all my four years of high school oh um, my gosh even probably like shortly after he graduated um and i didn't think of it as emotional abuse until i got older and i was like oh yeah that's fucking wild that, that was emotional abuse like it definitely was and you know i've talked about it on the podcast the whole like oh this dude and he dated two different best friends okay two different ones because at one point i got closer to another girl and they ended up dating i'm like what the fuck going on anyway but looking back, I'm like, yeah, that was emotional abuse because Absolutely. for you to privately be telling me all of these things and like psychologically like fucking with me and then publicly for it to be a completely other story and then for you to be gaslighting me and making me feel like I was crazy yeah way. like that shit was such a that's mind a mind fuck yeah. oh my god like it was such a mind blowing experience to go through. But because abuse is so normalized and because it wasn't physical and because he wasn't outright saying like, use a dumbass bitch, like because it wasn't like vitriolic. The yeah. Way he me, I never connected it to emotional abuse until I was much older. Until you, and that's the thing because that's how you usually go like, you don't have the tools to know that as a teenager. Mm -hmm. And, and then the thing is didn't. our parents, and let's also be clear, and we talked about this last episode, the, gen the two generations before us didn't have the fucking tools neither. Mm -hmm. Okay, these tools are just being um, proven to be effective, right? Because those mm -hmm. tools were created back when our parents and their parents were, you know, running the show but those tools hadn't really been proven yet now these tools are proven effective so we're the ones who are truly like yeah pouring those tools into our children so by the time our kids are teenagers they're gonna be able to call that shit out because even right now gen z is not playing gen z don't hesitate to let you know when they get that when they're being gaslighted like you know yeah. i'm so first off I'm really sorry you had that experience. That's mm -hmm. fucking bananas. That's fucking insane. I'm um, sorry you had your experience because every time you to talk about like your experience with your ex, I just want to go find a man and break he fucking. But you know what's like, crazy? Hey, Isa, the same way you're realizing now that you were experiencing abuse, I'm realizing it now too. In the relationship, the only point that I could pinpoint as abuse was like how verbally abusive he was, right? Because that motherfucker was mean. And it's always when random like bits of information is shared with me. And then I kind of realize like, Sh oh shit, that happened to me. Also, I experienced love bombing as well from him. Like everything that they point out as like, patterns of abuse i'm like the fact that i experienced allah and didn't realize in the moments that it was abused i went through that period of him essentially trying to isolate me from my friends and telling me that i need to learn how to say no more he made it seem as though my friends were taking advantage of me like but really he made what it, it was was i want your attention i want so you yes to, say no to these other people yeah. yes Anytime I wanted to do something that didn't involve them, we would get in an argument. If I wanted to go out with my friends or if I was just doing something and it didn't involve them being a part of it with me, we would get in bad arguments. I remember I had like my friends that I used to hang out with and they were, they are lesbians, right? And I had made last minute plans to hang out with them. He, I guess he just assumed that because it was Friday that I would just be spending the weekend with him because we didn't live together. He hit me up. I was like, hey, are you coming over tonight? Or And I was like, actually, no, I'm hanging out with my girlfriends. And, and he got so upset. Well, 
what makes you think I didn't want to hang out with you? I've been looking forward to spending time with you all week. What makes you think I wouldn't want to hang out with my woman after a long week? And I was like, well, I'm sorry. Like, it's not like we had plans. Like, <laughs> and I guess I felt bad, but he expected me to cancel on them. And I was like, well, I'm not going to cancel on my friends. Like I already made plans with that. And then he got even more upset. And then we would text it. We were having like a very, a nasty text argument. And that man went as far. And I think at this point he was on my phone cussing me. And this man tell me, oh my God. He said, I hope those bitches gang rape you. And I was like, what the fuck? And I remember just like hanging up the phone and I went and I hung out with them. And I remember I had stuff by his house. And at that point I was like, this relationship is over. Like we're done. And the next day he let me to know, come get your shit. Like this man was really vexed with me. I went to pick up my stuff. My stuff was sitting outside. Like, and I'm thinking about it. I'm like, that was such an extreme, like overreaction. Right. It was. So He was like, well, I'll give you a ride home. Like I, I hopped in his car so he could give me a ride home. And he felt entitled to an apology. He felt like I should apologize to him. And so he put because- you in a situation where he had a control as in I'm driving the car. Yeah. Not- I gonna I gonna make you come get your stuff. Yeah, you ain't gonna get them the way you want to get them. And right. I'm going to put you in a situation where I'm in control. I'm the yes. driver here. Yes. Yeah, so he he wanted me to apologize for essentially ditching him, even though we never had plans. Right. So I grab my stuff. We're in the car, and halfway home. And this is on St. Croix. So it's not like it's up here where I could just get an Uber. And he just decides that it was too much for him. And he was like, you know what? Actually, no, I'm going to just have to let you out here. And the thing is, is that it goes back to wanting to kind of control somebody. And you want to isolate them from having people in their lives, right? And I don't think he knew that, like, there's people like a call. First of all, I would, I would, I just get a taxi, right? I would, I just pay a taxi man to take me all the way home. Like, so I hit up Morgan and Morgan was like, I come in for you. Morgan was livid. By the time I left with Morgan, I guess he changed his mind and decided to come back and look for me. At this point, I'm already gone. Now he blowing up my phone. He texted me. I'm so sorry. Let me fix. Let me give you a ride home. Let me, I'm already on my way home. So I got home and I think he went like looking for, he was like looking around for me. And then he showed up at my house and he's like in the yard with this big dramatic display and he's apologizing and he's crying. And I'm so sorry. I treated you like that. And did it. And I'm just like, my dude, like what the fuck? And mind you, this is before Dylan. So obviously I got back with him, mm-hmm. but now looking back, I'm like, wow, Deidre, like, like, I understand why people tend to ask people who, like, survived abuse, like, why did you stay? But it's like, nobody really has an answer to that, right? As I've healed and I've learned my worth, right? I know that that is wildly unacceptable. I grew up witnessing volatile relationships. I grew up in, an, my own mother used to treat me like that. So that was a normal relationship to me. Anything that felt like an inconvenience to her, she would lash out. So for me, my first serious relationship was with somebody just like my fucking mother in the moment it was just like another argument between me and my boyfriend but now as i'm looking back i'm like detroit i fuck well why this man like put you in danger this man wished harm on you this man was homophobic he was just so many terrible things but what got us back together was what him apologizing him crying and then of course back to the love bombing and then doing all these nice gestures to make me feel better and i'll never do that again and that's why people who are survivors and victims of abuse stay because that's the cycle it's not constant berating it's a literal cycle it's these ups and downs there was a point where i was able to differentiate the ups from the downs and i recognize that it's not necessary for the downs to be so deep right because i got to this point where of course my prefrontal cortex had started fully like was fully developed and the math just wasn't math then and I remember kind of sitting with myself during another one of our our arguments Mm -hmm. and I was like this relationship don't have no kind of balance or flow things are either really good or they're really fucking awful but there's no in between Mm -hmm. and I feel like our relationship should be right in the middle of that there shouldn't be because it's impossible for there to just be it shouldn't be so drastically it shouldn't be so yes and that was what I was like it should not be this intense sometimes I have a hard time forgiving myself for um getting to the point where a child got involved because it took me becoming a mom to say hell fucking this has to end he was always so good to Dylan um, and, and that's another thing was because that was another layer to the abuse. It's, yes. He was such a good, but you even can't the, get rid of me. I'm a great father. I'm a great father. But in addition to that, and this is the real mind fuck. Hey, Isa, the, the things that a lot of women struggle with when it comes to partners and 
co-parenting, I didn't struggle with. That man took such good care of me when I was pregnant with Dylan. Part of the mindfuck was um, he was mean to me when it came to being my boyfriend. Mm -hmm. But when it came to being the father of my child, he was an excellent father. And in addition to that, he treated me like a guy. He treated me the way a pregnant woman deserves to be treated. That same scenario, I could connect to my situation in high school where thinking back to my father, my father used to treat my mother like shit. But my father mm. used to treat me like I would have sent out his fucking universe. Oh, God. So to see the same person treat my mother one way and then come back to me and be like, use my baby, use use my everything. Da, 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 da. That's a mind. Of course, yeah. it was normal to me that somebody would do that to me. That's what was formed in your brain when you witnessed your relationship between your fa- your parents versus your relationship with your dad. Mm-hmm. Dad is going to treat me like a queen and treat mommy like shit. And so when I am old enough to have a partner, he going to treat me like shit and treat our data like a queen. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like those like we uh, relationships are modeled. It's <gasps> I mean, it, it's rough out here in these streets, especially again, because abuse is so normalized. People feel like you have to go through hard in order to like on this badge of honor in a relationship yeah and in my head i'm like yeah but those struggles as much as i don't even agree with the struggle part because like yeah steven and i have experienced our struggles but it's not the state of our relationship right. but even with that our struggles never involved abuse that, that never part involved that abuse. part that like, part because even in friendships like i've had friendships in my life where like a friend expects to be able to just like insult me or talk to me however That's or crazy. do whatever the fuck they want and then like come back and like everything good we're best friends like i'm I'm really glad you brought that up because I don't think um, abusive relationships among friends is a a topic that comes up ever. Expecting somebody to just like take your shit over and over and over and over and be like, no, but we, we're friends. But we're, we're best good. friends. We're, we're best friends. We're good. Yeah. We're best friends. And you know what? And that's like abusing your position in somebody's life. And that's mm-hmm. that's like when it's extended family, that's usually how the abuse looks is because we're family. I'm going to treat you however the fuck I want. And you can't leave. We're family. And that's what friends tend to do. You know what a fucking send me? At the end of the day, that's, that's your the... family. At the end Bitch. of the day, fuck them. Like, fuck them, what do you Mm -hmm. abusive people convince themselves that they are the center of your universe and that there Mm -hmm. is no way that you could possibly live life without them yeah and if they don't come into the situation already with that dynamic so for example a family member Mm -hmm. they try to build that dynamic so they do like they will try to make themselves the center of your world so that they is it's not even possible that you yep. not forgive me for this thing because yes. you're my best friend or you're my girlfriend or you're and my ladies like, ladies i need y'all to protect your wombs because that's why these men be pumping and dumping you know what's something i want to touch on though i do want to make space for how men suffer tend to suffer abuse, oh absolutely because right? men do do men do experience abuse as well yeah they go through physical and emotional and psychological abuse and a part of me feels like a lot of the times when men have a, a female abuser because i mean men could go through abuse in same-sex relationships too but when men have a female abuser i feel like often the abuser takes advantage of toxic of her womanhood of her, her womanhood. womanhood yeah in order to abuse that man because they know that men have this hesitance to admit weakness or to yes. admit emotional distress or to admit abuse because mm-hmm. they're men so um, yep. everybody think oh i could abuse this man because he ain't gonna come out and say he oh my be to me like exactly and so for one because it's so frowned upon for a man to physically abuse a woman mm-hmm. women also weaponize that I want us to create more spaces for people to feel comfortable coming forward about abuse, especially men, because we know that they're less likely to do it. But I think a lot of victims of abuse are less likely to do it because like we talked about, you convince yourself that it's illogical. You convince yourself that you stay. So obviously you dissolve it or you came back to that person. So obviously you deserved it. Like, and I just want Aya to know, like, at no point do you deserve for a person to be cruel or violent towards Absolutely. you for any fucking reason. None even whatsoever. if that person angry with you, even if that person doesn't like something you did, even if you did something wrong, unless That's you true. physically hit someone and they are defending themselves, you, yeah, don't, you don't deserve to be hit fucking cruelty and violence or even psychologically. Like you, you don't deserve that shit. You even don't. when we resolve conflict, 
that's the reality of what it is. Mm-hmm. Like we can be verbally abusive to other people sometimes when we're angry and we have yeah. mean shit to say. But that doesn't and that's mean not okay either. I feel like in the last episode when we were talking about ego, I referenced that I know that when I am operating from a dark place, especially when it comes to my ego, I tend to really go for the jugular. <laughs> Mm-hmm. that's not okay so there has to be like a fine line right and so mind you i would always justify those like i guess those abusive behaviors with well you should not cross me you should not cross me and the reality is Deidre, when you realize that somebody continuously crosses your boundaries remove them from your life you don't have to you like but also so what what about in a situation where like you may not want to remove that person from your life like is there something that that person could say to you like a cold word or something where you would catch yourself like I'm doing it again. Cause sometimes when I get you know what? That that's angry, a good idea. That's a I really don't good catch idea. Myself. Yeah, that's a really good idea. And I'm glad you said that because Diamond told me that one time during one of our arguments, I said something to her. First of all, I that blacking out thing is real. And I learned this mm-hmm. about myself in the last like two years. I didn't realize that that happens to me. And when I black I out, mean, I don't get physically violent, but I say really fucked up things. Yeah, and we don't I, have a lot of control when we're that level of like pissed yeah. off. Yeah and no. so um so maybe that maybe that's a good idea and i think i will come up with a code word and when i find that i'm creating a very meaningful and deep relationship with somebody i'll share that with them let's come up with a code word as a couple so that if i'm getting super angry and i'm saying fucked up things you can say that code word and one i could take accountability and we could like step away because i'd be i'd be going too far before we wrap up i do want to highlight the fact that like i have witnessed multiple friends getting to get into abusive situations and when they were in abusive situations didn't know how to talk to them about it mm-hmm. i didn't know how to support them i didn't yeah. know i knew what signs to look for though i will say that so talk to your friends like make sure that you are conscious of how your friends act when they are in their like happy place when they're in a really good mental state and that's in general like pay attention to how your friends act and what their demeanors are when they're in a really really good place versus when they're not because a lot of times like abuse won't always there won't always be physical signs you're not going to see the black eye sometimes or the black Mm -hmm. and blues Sometimes your friend is just going to stop hanging with you. Sometimes your friend is going to become a bit more reserved. Sometimes your friend might act completely and totally fucking fine, but their partner's demeanor around you might be a bit different. Yeah. And you need to feel comfortable checking in with your friends. I mean, like, yo, is everything okay? Keeping in mind that sometimes they ain't going to tell you what's happening. Again, it takes, I think, up to seven times for somebody to finally leave an abusive relationship. So just talk to your friends and pay attention to them and don't let time go by knowing that there's signs of of abuse or signs of something going wrong without you making yourself available to that person why are they still your friend and let me tell us something going back to the fucking book that we talk about i know this episode long going back to the book people were so thrown off that a girl said she titled her book i'm glad my mother died let me tell you something my sexual abuser did a motherfucker die Ayo could give me make- bullshit about not wishing people death. Nah, fuck Ayo the dumb shit. That bullshit about at the end of the day, that's a human being. That human being chose to do me harm. Guess what? When he die and they get he good and buried in Kings Hill or wherever the fuck else, I am fucking healing towing on that grave before the cement dry. You cannot tell an abuse victim how to respond to the abuser. Yeah. If she glad her mother dead, she glad her mother dead. If I read that book, right you to- gonna be glad her mother dead too. Mm. <laughs> Mm, I'm glad her mama's dead. That woman put her through so much shit. That's so wild. That's so. And it's the you fact know, that she have to start her life over post abuse. That's something we don't talk about. And I really want us to create a space for people, especially Black women, who choose to go no contact, especially with like their mothers. I'm starting to kind of find a little bit of a TikTok community of women who've chosen to go no contact with their mothers because it's very uncomfortable to talk about. And even like majority of our listeners are from the Virgin Islands, so for one, a lot of them know who my mother be. A lot of them know who our mothers are, right? Um, and it just, it's an, it's uncomfortable to address. Mm -hmm. Right. And the more I talk about it, the more comfortable I'll get, you know, accepting it. But 
I really want us to kind of create that space. And I want to see it be normalized because a lot of people never really get to grow to their full and truest potential because the the, the, the thought of going no contact with their family is so foreign, at least in our community. Yeah. And I want to really address something that has, I remember it pissing me off because I've seen a lot of black therapists on TikTok go on and they have the the, the mindset that, the reason why black people need, other, well, we have many reasons why we need more black therapists. Let's be clear. Cause I'm on board of us needing more black therapists. However, comma, I remember seeing a lot of black therapists say that a big part of why we need more black therapists is because a white therapist would just encourage you to go no contact, but that's not customary for us. And that's not really acceptable for us. And black people need therapists who understand and would not necessarily encourage them how to go no contact, but how to navigate those spaces in a way that's better suited for them. And I'm not on that motherfucking train. I actually want to be the black therapist that says, fuck them people go no contact. I want us to normalize black people going no contact. And you know what? That You're goes f- back to that cultural slash identity form mm, of abuse. Yeah. Because a part of it too is cultural. You expect people in the Caribbean to tolerate certain behaviors because oh we's family and 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 family is like Carib- I mean black communities and and communities of color family dynamics are super important to us yes. so they expect so much you because you place the importance on that to then tolerate to tolerate anything dynamics. and it's wild and i'm like no black therapists i want us to encourage our people to know their worth and yeah. be okay with walking away from a family structure that's abusive and fucking narcissistic because you know what you could create a new fucking family I'm sorry. Honestly, truly. You're better off creating a new family system than remaining in one that's so fucking toxic. Just be like, no. Oh, yeah. I'm getting angry. <laughs> and, and let me put this out there, right? When when I talked about my relationship with my mother on episode one, it was coming from a place of us not having the relationship that I wish we would have had. Mm-hmm. But my mother and I have never had an abusive relationship, right? Mm-hmm. So I was able, after that episode came out, to go through my ter- therapy and do what I needed to do. My mother and I haven't 100% like resolved our issues, but we're able to move forward yes. and interact with each other. And like, there's no like tension or anything like that. Yeah. Like, I mean, there might be a little bit, but <laughs> it's not to say me interacting with her on a continuous basis is continuing to bring me harm, right? Right. The difference is that with your relationship with your mother, the problem was the abuse. So mm-hmm. continuing to interact with her and her behavior not changing. That's the thing right is there. Is to continue to tolerate the abuse. So mm-hmm. while I could say, you know, at the end of the day, that's my mother. I get that she's not perfect, but I could move. I could accept that and I could move forward. Right. It's completely different in your situation because abuse you can't excuse that by saying well at the end of the day that's my mother like it's not yeah because yeah and then the thing is is in her case she still tries to talk to me the way she spoke to me when i was a child exactly she still her her behavior has not changed and she she doesn't have and there's no willingness for it to change Mm -hmm. um as she feels justified in it and i'm like you know what you have a right to be that person and i have a right to not have you in my life Mm -hmm. how about them apples um it just is what it is and and i'm okay with that you know i'm okay with that continuing to interact with my mom is not taking anything away from me yeah i'm able to still have positive interactions with her yes there are still those things missing like the affection and a lot of stuff that i spoke about but it's not i am able to go to other places in my life Mm -hmm. and get that type of relationship from my friend circles from mentors from other people and still have a different form of relationship with my mother right yeah but it would be very different if the things that she was doing that I had said I had a problem with was abuse, right? Yeah. Because then interacting with her would be taking shit away from me every single time. Yeah. And for people to expect children or a- adults to continue interacting <clears throat> with parents and family members because a familiar relationship when every single interaction is taking something away from me. Yes. Like, and that's the no. thing because, and that's the thing, right? Because the reality is, is, 
I sometimes I do miss my mom, um, especially when I really kind of started f- stepping fully into myself. Me and my mom have a lot in common as far as our interests go. And, and listen, I'm an Aquarius. She's a Gemini. You get two motherfucking air signs together. We talking for hours. I love the kind of conversations me and my mom used to have. Mm-hmm. But I had to kind of stop and ask myself, like, is it worth your sanity? Mm-hmm. um because it does take a lot of emotional labor to kind of go through that process of like I went through that point of okay I'll just handle our relationship with a long-handed spoon mm-hmm. but then that takes up a, a lot of emotional space because those lines always get blurred and yeah. it you know so I just had to say you know what Deidre you're gonna have to stimulate yourself in that regard in other ways and just create and find your tribe and my tribe right now is lit I have a very yeah. wide tribe that has many tribes within it if that makes sense and I Listen. like it <laughs> And the tribe I have now and the things that I am getting from them and the things that I'm getting from therapy and the work that I'm doing on my mental health, it's preparing me in such a way that like if I were to enter an abusive situation again, I think I would be better prepared to identify it sooner. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I ever had been in the past. Like, I don't want to say that there are people who are more susceptible susceptible to abuse than others because abuse could happen to anybody, but there are mm-hmm. situations where an abuser will more than likely try to attach themselves to a person because they realize that person has low self-confidence, that person Absolutely. doesn't have good relationships in their lives, that person is experiencing mental health issues, that person is disabled or mm-hmm. of another marginalized. Like People who are in situations where they cannot defend themselves where they don't have a good support system are like it's it's like fucking a free for all for abusers it's because true. that's the type of people that they don't look for they want to be able to quickly take they look for the situation. vulnerable the yeah. vulnerability that's what they're looking for so look please for know that. if you're listening and you've ever been in a situation of abuse one it was absolutely not your fault there is nothing no situation, nothing you said, did, could have avoided that would have made it your fault. And it is facts. entirely the fault of the person that chose to abuse you. Big facts. And secondly, know that you're not alone. Like, as much as you don't mm-hmm. hear me and Deidre come out here and talk our shit and be confident, like, we both just spent time talking about the fact that we've been abused. Right. In multiple ways by multiple people. And it's because in those periods of our lives, like, those people took advantage of that, you know? Facts. But it doesn't make you any less of a person. Yes. You're still a bad bitch. You are, you're healing every single day. And there's going to be a point where, like I said earlier, you're going to be able to identify an abuser way sooner. It's going to be so laughable. Uh, You are the baddest bitch there was. And that's the real tea. That's why abusers are trying to latch to you because what it is, is they see your light. They have low self-worth. And rather than trying to increase their self-worth, they'd rather bring yours down and um, try to put you under them and try to make you feel just as worthless as they feel. Um, and you are not worthless. And that's why these clowns be trying to attach themselves to you. You a bad bitch. And that's just that on that. With that being said, I know these these last three weeks of episodes, listen, yeah, we, we gonna wrap this up. We gonna go take care of ourselves. That's, that's another important thing. If you listening to this, make sure you do some self-care after you listen to this episode. Oh, please. Absolutely. Um, Please take care of yourself because we talking about heavy topics. We're not therapists. We're not necessarily qualified to talk about this. This is just your friends talking shit on a mic. Okay yeah so do the work take care of yourself please do you Um, deserve you owe it to yourself and you deserve that work you deserve it and for for those of you who have experienced abuse this is your social media assignment use uh at good up pod on any social media platform or hashtag good up tuesday and send me a gif of the dance you're gonna do when your abuser die yes honey Yes, honey. I want to see Harlem Shakes. I want to see Millie. I want to see all of that shit. All of it. All of it. Oh, my God. I'm going to look for the motherfucking dancers right now. I already know the dance. (laughs) Send me that shit on social media. I really want to see it. Um, And yeah, make sure you tag us. Make sure you talk about the podcast online. Leave a review if you've been enjoying the show in season eight. It's super easy to go on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and leave a rating. If you're on Apple, make sure you actually type out the review and tell these people why they should be listening to us. Okay. Or share us on social media. And and if you enjoy the episode, tell your friends, you know, it it helps us out a lot. Um, And yeah, we'll see you right back here next week on the Go Up Podcast. Deidre, (laughs) tell the people them bye. Bye. Good Up is hosted and produced by Deidre Ritter and Hey Isaac Quinones Ivory. 
find us on all social media platforms at GoodUpPod. Use hashtag GoodUpTuesday to continue the conversation and get access to exclusive bonus content at patreon.com slash goodup podcast. 